Then he paused, and everyone waited, and waited, and waited. And then, after a long silence, the young man looked up at his mother and he said, actually he asked her, if I thank God for the broccoli, won't he know that I'm lying? <laughs> we need to give thanks for Thanksgiving. And so this morning we want to do that, and we're going to look at our text in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and in this psalm, David finds three words to be thankful for. So it fit really well because most preachers preach with three points, and so now I've got three words to fit three points. So we're going to have a very symmetrical sermon, and you'll remember it, and you'll leave it out here going, woohoo, he should preach that short all the time. But here we go. It'll be great. The first one is found in verse 34, and the first word is the word give. What's the first word? Give. give. Good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. In your Bibles, would you underline the word good and the word loving kindness? Because those are the things that he gives us. So giving represents sacrifice, doesn't it? If you're going to give something, you're going to sacrifice what you have to give it to someone else. It could be money. And if you are a Black Friday shopper, you gave a lot of money, didn't you? And you gave a lot of time waiting to give that money. And some of the lines were long, weren't they? Crazy long. The one that just struck me was in, at Woodland Hills Mall at the Victoria's Secrets store. Any of you familiar with that story? Lots of women rushed that. I guess men were with them. But they rushed to the store. You can show, it shows on the video, somebody was taking a, a, with her phone a video. So when they opened the gates, it was like cattle running loose. Vroom, they rushed in the store, running over each other. Now, I don't know about you. I've been through Victoria's Secrets a time or two. There's really not enough clothing to purchase that would cause you to feel like you've bought clothing. But I did find out that this wasn't the uh, type of clothing that you normally buy there. It was a hoodie. It was a gray colored hoodie with the word pink on it. They had them on sale, and I mean, they, they were like, it was the hottest item for that day. But it was really something, really something to watch. And they gave a lot of time standing and waiting. And if you were at the back end of that group, you probably didn't get a pink, gray hoodie. Doesn't make any sense, but anyway. In this verse, oh, give thanks to the Lord. He's good. He's loving kindness. is everlasting. There's two of God's primary characteristics that we find and celebrate his goodness and his love. David said that God is good. So what does that mean? It means that God's essence, his character, are the essence of goodness and righteousness because God is so good, we need to give thanks for that. Now, there's times when we want to be good, so good around Christmas time, that we get good gifts. Have you noticed how good we are around Christmas? Because we want good gifts. 
Christian is a model citizen around Christmas time. Not that he's not the rest of the year. I love our young people. They, they wear halos quite often. But if you look real closely, the halos are being held up by the horns that also um, are there. And I've noticed that same structure on some adults here. And uh, that's a good thing. But why should we give thanks? We're told to give thanks to the Lord. Simply because we are God's creation. We should do nothing less but to say thank you. That he took the time to create us. And to create us in his image. After his likeness. So when you look at at each other, we're not supposed to say we look ugly because we're saying, God, you didn't create something pretty. Because we're made in God's image and we're made in his likeness. So you see, we're all beautiful because of the touch of God in each of us. Yeah. So we rejoice in God's goodness. We do this by giving thanks and by our worship. I love singing. I love music. Lindsay's song, written in red. Now, how do I know Jesus said the words in the Bible? Because they're written in red ink. <laughs> do you think that when the uh, Greek translators put that in, that they that Jesus would write it in red? No, that was for our that was for our to help us. You see. But the real essence of his words is that he wrote them in the color of his blood. We ought to give thanks for that and be so grateful. And so our worship should cause us to do that. I love just riding in the car and cranking up the good Christian songs and just singing and singing and singing and singing. Amen? It's great. Nobody can hear you but you, you and God. You're making that joyful noise before the Lord. It doesn't matter. You know, I can't sing. Oh, yeah, you can. Just throw your head back and let it go. And I've been around people who really, that's that joyful noise before the Lord is what they're doing. But you can tell it's coming out of their heart, can't you? And that's awesome. It's awesome. So we need to rejoice. We need to, we, we need to praise Him in our worship. And in the New Testament, the word thanks gives us our words grace. And the Greek word eucharist that we use for communion. We should give thanks for these things. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper in remembrance of that broken body and shed blood, boy, we should give thanks. And we talked about that earlier. Remembering the Lord. Now, I want to help you. Every Sunday when we get to this table, we want to help you. So we've carved it in here for you. So you can remember it. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. Very important. Very important. God's love endures forever, our verse says. We experience His goodness because of His love that caused Him to create humanity. His love that involved Him in the affairs of His chosen people. His love that caused Him to provide redemption for us through the sacrifice of His only begotten Son. That love that compelled Him to extend His presence to all His people through the Holy Spirit that He gave us as a guarantee, as a deposit of His love for us. 
because his love that enables us then to give thanks. We should never be so greedy, so proud that we can't say thank you to people. Amen? We got to say thank you. So when you're out shopping over the next few weeks, don't forget to say thank you. Don't forget to say thank you. Somebody opens a door for you and holds it, doesn't slam it on you. <laughs> say thank you. Boy, it's a rare thing, isn't it, ladies, anymore, when a man will hold the door open and let you walk through first? But it's a good thing. And ladies, when you see it, thank that person, that, that male person for holding that door for you. Because that's what it's about. It's what it's about. I don't know if that was a pat of love or wake up, pal, and listen to what he's just saying. But we're going to move right on here. So, But the central response of God's people is to give thanks through prayer, through worship, and then how we live every day. Get up and be thankful. Get up and be thankful. John chapter 4 is a great story, the story of the Samaritan woman and uh, Jesus met at the well, and she asked a question about what is proper worship, and he says in verse 24, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. But we need to let God's spirit move us, touch us, shake us, humble us, prod us, poke us, that's what the Spirit is supposed to do. Don't dull him. Don't stop him. Allow him. Thanksgiving is becoming like every other religious holiday. But it shouldn't be. It's really like no other holiday. But it has been commercialized, secularized, and watered down by segments of our society that have little or no concern for the real meaning of the holiday. It's interesting to me that what used to be holy days have become holidays. Feasting and football sells very well in a secular world order. I love football, but I was getting a little football saturated on Thanksgiving Day. But it was great. I didn't find myself turning the channel. And I was going hallelujah. And then the colleges started on Friday and Saturday. And then the Jinx Trojans <laughs> I'm telling you, it was humble to, humbling to watch those guys four championships in a row walk off the field like this, like we've been doing for the last four years. Funny how those things kind of turn around, doesn't it? But you know what I really liked? It was toward the end of the game when it was obvious the game was going to be over and in Jinx's favor when Union would make a tackle, oftentimes they'd reach down and pull up our player off the ground. I like that. That's the way it should be, isn't it? So we need to learn to give thanks. David helps us understand and recover the meaning of thanksgiving by focusing our attention on the true purpose of that day, and that's to remember and rejoice in the goodness of the love that God has shown upon us. So we're, first word we're to give, the second word I want you to pick up here today in verse 35 <laughs> is the word gather. So we've got the one word give and the second word gather. What are the two words so far? Give and? Very good. 
Verse 35, then say, underline this, save us, O God of our salvation. And then underline this, gather us. And then underline this, deliver us from the nations to give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. The focus of our concern is different from that of verse 35. In that verse, the people feared other nations that were from without. We in our culture today need to fear the enemy that's within. Because great nations crumble because they crumble from within. Right now, half of the country is a taker and the other half are givers. We need to learn in life to be givers and not takers. Now, there are circumstances behind people needing to, to receive. I understand that. But then there's a whole lot of them that don't. I know a lot of them that live and eat better than you and I do and drive a lot nicer cars than you and I do and buy all that food with food stamps. Makes me wonder. Makes me go, hmm. But we need to be people that understand the battle is within. We need a Savior who can do three things. That's what this verse tells us. First of all, to save us. Secondly, to gather us. And thirdly, to deliver us. The Israelites celebrated significant experiences and victories. They did it because they saw and understood that everything came from God. They would often build or erect some type of monument to remind them of the great victory that they had just received from the Lord. And it caused them to consider how they might have sinned against the Lord and how then God helped them and led them when they were obedient to a good positive position. And so they would praise God and celebrate with joy. These people knew how to celebrate. If you go to Israel and you go to the Wailing Wall and there's a bar mitzvah happening where they're bringing the young boy who's now a teenager to the, the Wailing Wall for his first time. Oh, there's all kinds of celebration going on. The women make these crazy sounds and the men carry the boy on their shoulders and they sing and they dance and they bring him all the way up to the, to the Wailing Wall for his first time of prayer. It's an amazing sight to see. The Israelites knew how to celebrate. You still do. We need to pray for Israel, by the way. We need to pray for them desperately. I'm glad that peace has set in, but it'll be short-lived. It'll be short-lived. And why is it that they have to concede so much in order to keep peace that never seems to stay? We need to pray for them. We need to stand with them. But the Israelites gave thanks for God's deliverance. They elevated him above all neighboring people's gods. And if it served as a testimony of God's greatness to those people who would see and understand the significance of their thanksgiving. It further enhances God's name and brought fear, awe, and respect on their neighbors who deserved and observed such celebration in honor of their mighty deliverer, God. A hen will gather her chicks and will cover them with her body when bad weather threatens. After the storm passes, the chicks come out from under the protective wings of their mother and they'll get on to whatever chicks do all the rest of the day. So we must be careful not to relegate Thanksgiving to a once-a-year celebration. Every day ought to be a day of Thanksgiving. If you have a, a, a dedicated husband and wife, you ought to get up every day and thank God for them. 
you ought to tell them I'm thankful for you. Thankful for you. If you have children, say I'm thankful because they can all be gone so quickly. Can all be gone so quickly. Mark and Amy were heading back to Dallas and came up on a wreck, but all Cindy heard me say was, are you past the wreck? She just heard wreck and went into a, a, a panic because she thought her son was in a wreck. So I had to quickly calm her down, had to put her in an ice, ice bag and have, you know, put thousands of pounds of ice on her to calm her down. Because you don't tell a mama that her baby is not well, especially when she can't be there to control it. Moms, you have to control everything. I'll wait for you to say amen. amen. <laughs> and moms, you don't get to control anything. I'll say amen. And it bothers you because if we would just listen to you and do what you tell us to do, everything would be all right in the world. Can I get an amen? I'll get a double amen. <laughs> so we're to give, to gather. Here's our third word. We are to glory. So three words, give, gather, and glory. What are they now? Give, gather, and verse 36. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting even to everlasting. And then all the people said, and underline this word, amen, and underline this phrase, praised the Lord. Praise the Lord. You'll see it comes full circle. God's people magnified and praised Him. They gathered together and directed all their praise, honor, and thanks toward Him for His grace that He had bestowed on them. How did the Israelites praise God? Through worship. Certainly they did it through worship. But all that makes up a religious celebration is singing and feasting and sacrifice and speaking and rejoicing. I tell you, we have the biggest crowds at our church when we feed them before we preach to them. Amen? Some of you will even endure the preaching to get to the feeding them. I, I understand. There's something about food and preaching that seem to go together. But just as we do what we do in worship to praise God, so did these people in David's time. And what they did and what we do is to celebrate and to glorify God. Our lives should glorify God. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Exactly what when Moses, God, Moses wanted to see God, God said, get in the cleft of the rock, and he put his hand over the cleft of the rock. He was hidden inside the rock area there as he walked by. Because none of us can look upon God in his holiness. I'm so glad that God has a protective covering over us. And that protective covering is the blood of Jesus. I'm grateful for that. I hope you are as well. Then all the people would say, Amen, and praise the Lord. The word Amen is not simply approval, but it's a covenant. It's a blessing. And so we receive that in the Lord. And we praise Him for His covering for us. Thanksgiving is more and more squeezed between Halloween and Christmas, where it's loosely identified and purposed. Nowadays, the entire season, starting at Halloween to Christmas, is referred to as the holiday season, and Thanksgiving somehow gets lost. 
Your Christmas tree is now a holiday tree. Your kids don't take Christmas break. They take winter holiday. <coughs> but what's happening? We're allowing the sacredness of Thanksgiving to be sacrificed on the altar of profit. It's turned into a secular event. And you know that consumerism is strong and you know that the economy is in trouble when they can't even wait. The greedy, cons uh, uh, the greedy businesses can't even wait for the consumers to consume. they got to start on Thanksgiving night. And now that it's crept into Thanksgiving night, guess when it'll start now? Wednesday night. We'll skip all of Thanksgiving. You'll be out shopping. Just wait. Just wait. A church had gathered to pray for a needy family around Thanksgiving. The family needed food and concerned folks from the church got together to pray for that family. <coughs> While the prayer meeting was going on, a young boy came and he knocked on the door of the, house, of the home where members had gathered. He entered into the house and he told them this. I apologize for my coughing all of a sudden. The little boy said, my father said to tell you that he can't come tonight to pray because he's too busy unloading his prayers at the Joneses' house. He said to tell you that he's taking a side of beef, a sack of potatoes, a bushel of apples, and some jars of jam. And he said he could not be here to pray, but that he has taken his prayers and unloaded them at their house. Thanksgiving, by way of daily thanks living, demands that we pray, yes, but it also demands that we unload our prayers at the doorsteps of those who are hungry, lonely, and just don't have anything. We need to recapture the specialness and sacredness of Thanksgiving and Christmas. We must be especially concerned that our time of Thanksgiving not slip the anchor of its spiritual heritage. Over and over again, we're encouraged in Scripture. Never to cease giving thanks and praise for three things. Who God is, what God does, and God's very godness from everlasting to everlasting. And so we today need to conclude as the psalmist wrote and as the message of the children of Israel declared in verse 36 when they said, Amen, and praise the Lord. So would you join me in saying those two phrases? Amen. And praise the Lord. One more time. Amen. And praise the Lord. Father, we ask you this morning <coughs> to move in our hearts. Perhaps we're overburdened with life. Perhaps we're here today and we just simply don't know which way to go. Perhaps we're here and we're caught up in a financial struggle, a struggle that we didn't anticipate. Maybe we're here and we've got some family issues going on. Maybe we're here and we've got personal issues going on and health, number of things. But I know one thing. That if I will turn to you in thanksgiving and thanks living, that all these other things seem to work out.
that God, I can never find the peace that I need, the rest that I need, the hope to hang on to without a personal relationship with you and your son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, today, if there be someone among us that might need to make that commitment to you, would they let that be known so we could study with them and help them make a good and solid decision that will be life-altering with eternal benefits? But there may just be a group who just simply need prayer. They just need, they don't have an answer. They don't know where to go. They just need somebody to understand and pray with them. Well, God, I know we've got people ready for that. Whatever is in their heart, we want to offer this time for them. In Jesus' name, amen.